Hey family, welcome to another edition of Cool Jazz Conversations here on WSSB 90.3 FM. My name is Marcella Shapard, the bass man, and I do thank you for your time and for your ears today. And I am so elated to bring on a good friend this afternoon talking about award-winning billboard charting violinist, composer, educator, doctor, Chelsea Green, welcome to Cool Jazz Conversations, my dear. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Such an honor to be here. Well, you know, let me say this first and foremost, sis, you are looking good. Here I am holding on to this COVID-20 like it's a freshman 15, but you know, <laughs> you out here dapper, looking good, slim and trim. I mean, what's, what's going on? How are these COVID streets treating you? Thank you. You know, I, me and my best friend, the treadmill, we, we <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I can do it. But no, thank you. I've been enjoying some exercise in these quarantine streets. That's good. That's good. I, you know, my journey in these days of COVIDity has been kind of up and down as it comes to or pertains to working out, you know? I started out good. I'm like, you know, we got all this downtime. I got workout gear here in the house. And next thing you know, I'm hanging clothes up on it. You know, it's the drying rack now. And I like to get outside, you know, as much as I can, but then I'm right. just outside in my gazebo having a cigar and Come watching on. a movie. And it's, but I, I've gotten better. I did officially start working out again a few weeks ago. So okay. three days a week, I'm in there with my trainer, pushing that wow. iron up. And I'm about, now that it's warming up a little bit more, I'm gonna get out there and start my walking and get to the running as these old clickers of mine, these knees. I'm gonna add some oil to them and, and see no, what No, 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 you got them, you got that youth in those knees, come on. <laughs> One day at a time, though. Exactly. One day at a time. So listen, let's, let's, um, let's take it back for those who aren't official, uh, in, officially in the world of, of Chelsea Green and, and have um, been able to live through your gifts. You come out of Houston, Texas where it is always hot, hazy, and humid. Uh, but also the music is is always good. And you came up in a, in a musical family. Take us back to your upbringing in this musical family. What, what instrumentation was around through your family members? Great, great question. I mean, I will say that it was both musicians and music lovers. So that was really a benefit to my dad is a percussionist, really a multi-instrumentalist. He also plays piano and he's a he's an amazing composer too. Mm. Um, but he actually was a band director at the Performing Arts Middle School Academy in Houston for over 30 years. Nice. And my mother loved classical music, loved um, jazz, just all genres and styles. They they both grew up with parents that exposed them to many different styles of music. My grandmother actually wanted to go to college to be a classical vocalist wow. before uh, you know her life turned directions a bit. So I think that it was just a combination of it all. And my mother really wanted me to explore classical music and explore what it meant to be 
a violinist. You know, she she introduced it to me. My uncle is a saxophonist. My grandfather is a saxophonist. So there were a lot of different instruments to look at and pull from. And I believe the blessing that led me to what I'm doing now is that violin was never a classical instrument. It was just a musical instrument mm. in the family. So they never put a genre label on it. Nice. And just as you do not put a genre label on what you do, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hop in, into that in, in just a little bit. Just uh, keeping in line with your, your education of your upbringing. I mean, you've... I uh, had the pleasure of being educated at some pretty nice places, University of Texas, Peabody Conservatory at Johns Hopkins, uh, University of Maryland, and now teaching at the world famous, uh, famous Berkeley College of, of Music and being uh, an acting chair there. Let's talk about your students. Um, you know, you brought me on uh, two weeks ago. I had the pleasure yeah. of speaking to your class yeah. and what a great time it was to be able to talk to uh, those young minds. But, you know, what are you seeing these days with the next generation? You know, are they... Uh, studying and respecting those who came before them, or are they solely working within the framework uh, of what is being given to them, or are they looking to break down walls and, and create new sounds of their own? What are you saying? I'm saying all of the above. I think that's the really inspiring part. You have a lane of students that are dedicated to studying those that came before. You have those that want to intentionally create new timbres from traditional instruments. And I think that is one thing that I love at Berkeley that we embrace. Mm. You know, when, when, when you go through to a traditional classical conservatory, there's not always room to spread your wings like that. But we even have a library of electronic accoutrement you know what i mean i don't even know how, how else to say it like pedals and hookups and pickups and instruments and six string instruments and five string instruments just many different things that allow the students to experiment so i think the other beautiful thing that i see is we have so many students wanting to reach beyond their instrumental ability and dive into production and engineering because they know that you know a lot of the future of what this game is is going to be able to capture your own sound like what is what does that mean and, and what does that look like how are you going to be able to capture that in the studio mix it and share it with audiences wow that that is amazing so you talked a little bit about the fact that there are no barriers as it pertains uh, to your instrumentation, uh, to your musical expression. And, you know, you've worked, your, your music is jazz, it's funk, it's R&B, it's inspirational, it's it's soul, it's it's definitely uh, alternative, if you will. And it's, it's not necessarily where the average violinist hangs out. <laughs> what kind of pushback have you received over the years or what kind of noses have flared up into the air uh, looking at what oh, you have done with your instrument now see so you trying to start some stuff see I'm what just i'm saying, saying you just you trying know. to stir, stir the pot here mm -hmm. i mean i will say that 
I was part of a generation that was trying to change the game a bit. Mm-hmm. I think but I think us older millennials, I'm not going to put us in the new in the new category, but us older uh, millennials that came at the beginning of that wave, we definitely still had a very traditional views going through college. Right. And so much of your formative mind happens in that in that in those college years where you are trying your best to follow an institutionalized system, right? Mm-hmm. But explore your own ideas around that. And I was challenged. I, I, I'm not even going to hold you. Like it was, I was getting a lot of pushback from the scene because I was very classical leaning. Okay. It was not straight ahead. It was not um, smooth jazz. It was not any one thing that they could put into one category and say, this is it. So I was getting a lot of pushback from that. I was getting a lot of pushback at first for not having my own original music. Mm. It was, oh, you play covers and da, da, da. I always looked at covers because we never play a cover the way the record is. Right. I always looked at it as kind of a friendly handshake to say, you don't know me. I don't know you. Let's get to know each other. By yeah, that's, that's what you use a cover for. That, 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 you yeah. know, you. This is my little twist on what a song you probably know. So right. let's let's go there first, and then let me share an original. So I got into the studio and did a lot of originals. Then when you go into you know connecting with promotion and like management companies, again they're very much trying to put you into who else can they put you align you with. Right. And so there was a lot. There was a lot of pushback. A lot of pushback academically. I had scholarships mm-hmm. that I had to fulfill for school, and there were some, you know, unfriendly comments made about me pouring so much time and energy into something that was not my schooling. So, wow. I think when you look at it now, and you see where we've come now, and you see where institutions are trying to go towards now. And then you get these phone calls from the same people who had other things to say about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You were right. You, know? you were right. <laughs> you it's like you kind of look at the phone with a little side eye, like, "Oh, really? Oh, really?" And now you get it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, the the beauty of it is, is that you were one of the forethinkers, if you will, you know, uh, of the movers and shakers of of the glaspers of the world, if you will. You were wow. glasper on violin, you know, and thinking outside the box, but taking that framework, that classical framework that you've learned, right, mm-hmm. that has been a right. part of you over the years, right. and then breaking down the elements of that within these other genres, you know, and so... Yeah, and, and I have to say, like, part of it, part of it being such a challenge, part of what keeps the encouragement there and the inspiration there are people like you. Honestly, it it is it is you, you and your support and how you gave me a space, right? You you gave me a space on your platform, and you heard like you were seeing me when others didn't. And those were the moments that gave me the glimmers of hope, like, you know, maybe I can keep pushing and work through this because there are those that do get it, that do see it and do want to support you. So I thank you for that. It 
It has always been a pleasure. And for those of you that don't know, you know, early on in Chelsea's career, I would bring her band into the studio to play live uh, on the radio. And it was just an amazing time. Uh, number one, to be able to hear her gift, but to be able to see it in person. And then also to be able to see the inner workings of her band, which I want to transition to now because the Green Project is one of the tightest bands that I have ever seen. You know, there is a level of camaraderie there that you all share that definitely uh, comes through in the music. And, you know, you all are finishing each other's sentences musically which which doesn't come by happenstance and which does not happen uh overnight you know i don't think i've ever asked you this but how did the formation of this band come to be in the first place i have to credit the baltimore live music scene there there was no place on earth like it back back yeah. in the day and i am so blessed that i had a very unfortunate situation where I was coming home from a gig. I was playing at the Kennedy Center, sitting in the viola section nice. for a gig. And I was so excited. Like I I had a date planned, okay? And I had, I was my that's, favorite. That's a big night, Kennedy Center. It was a big night. A I was like, this is gonna be good. Okay, this yeah. is great. So I drive back to Baltimore. I was, I was in my second year of Peabody at the time. So I drive back to Baltimore. I, I go to the location where we're supposed to meet. Dude stands me up. He's like, I'm not coming. Um, you know, it's not going to work out. Da, da, da. I was like, bet. I still look good. I smell good. I'm going to be out. And Nails done, hair done, everything. everything. That, that's exactly <laughs> it. Exactly. <laughs> so I walked down Charles Street and... Uh, there was this open mic happening and I was not hip to open mics at the time. I just, it wasn't something that classical people do. So I walked in, it was an open mic, it was a poetry night and there was a DJ with a live band and poets were coming up to do their thing. And so I just sat at the bar. I had my viola with me because I don't leave it in the car. So the bartender knew I was having a rough night and he was like, he kept, he was very generous. I'll say that. Very, very, pour it up, pour it up. Got yep, it. let yeah. it all fall out, exactly. <laughs> so, um, then they get on the mic and they say, oh, we see a saxophonist at the bar. Why don't you come on up to the bar? And I'm That's looking true. around like, who, who's playing saxophone? And the bartender was like, baby girl, that's you. <laughs> that's you, <laughs> I was like, me, me? He just saw the case in the cell. Saw the case and assumed. So I take out my saxophone, also known as a viola, mm -hmm. and I went up there and he dropped an instrumental of Kanye's Flashing Lights. I just went to town doing some improv. I just started playing. Da, 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 da. And the owner of the spot came out of the kitchen and was like, we need you to come back this weekend with your band. Yeah. I had no idea what that meant. Like, it was just very much... Uh, I was like, oh, okay. So a very kind woman stands up who was listening to our conversation and she grabs my shoulder. She's like, she'll see you Saturday. She'll see you Saturday. Just let us know what time you need her there. And after he left, she was like, don't worry. Drew Hill just got off tour last week. Their band has nothing to do. I know their MD. 
And so I'm going to hook you up with their whole touring band. Wow. Sure enough, I get a phone call the next morning from their MD. Like, what do you want to play? Just let us know the set list. And I'm like, is this really happening? <sighs> and that was how I met Spider. Because okay. he was playing uh, drums. And so that was the first connection. After that weekend, we started playing there regularly at the venue. Wow. And then I started playing at Eden's Lounge um, for, for their open mic. So it just, nice. I just kind of- What venue was, was the initial venue? This was Milton's Grill. Do you remember Milton's Grill on Charleston? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, venue I think it's a pizzeria even... now or something. Right, it's like, yeah. I don't even know what it is now, yep. Wow. Yep. Incredible. All from yeah. you bringing your saxophone case after being stood up. After being stood up for the day. I will never forget that. Yeah. Wow. Well, shout out to that brother, whoever you are, because <laughs> you launched the career of Chelsea Green. You did. With her band, with the Green Project. And let me also say that, you know, Spider, and I tell him this all the time, he's one of my favorite drummers, hands down. I mean, there is, he, he is... He is animal from the Muppets in human <laughs> form, right? That's who Spider is. But this brother has so much energy and loves what he does so much. He's smiling, mm -hmm. he's geeking out, you know, yeah. and yeah. and it is it is amazing the music and the energy that you all bring to the live performance space. And uh, you know, you know where you're going with a simple head nod or a simple look or a simple flick of the hair because, you know, sister be flicking that hair out there, let me tell you. Doing mm -hmm. too much, getting get, get caught up in my lipstick and everything. And everything, but you know, that's also a part of your your stage persona and, um, and what you bring, you know, to the live performance. There are not a lot of people that have the gift of entertaining the crowd. They can entertain them musically from what they're playing, right. but you also entertain the crowd visually from what you're doing on stage. And um, hats off to you. I mean, is that something that you kind of grew into a little bit more year after year or from the jump, you were like, you know what? I'm just gonna get out here and let this <laughs> thing go. I'm gonna let this hair do what it do. And yeah. You know, I think for me, being reared in the classical tradition, it's so matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And you have to be this way, and you have to present this way. You can't clap between movements. You can't, you know, wear heels. They want you to be very balanced and settled and calm. When I went all in with the Green Project, I wanted it to be opposite of all of that. I was like, I want to have fun. I want to be natural. If my bow falls down, I want to say a joke about it. Like, I don't want it to be something where people don't feel like if they want to clap in the middle of a song, clap. If you want to sing along, you know, sing. Because for me, music is freedom. Yes. And, and a live show illustrates that, you know, I feel the audience is just as much part of the band as we are. Mm in a live show space. It's like, you know, especially after the pandemic, especially after we couldn't perform or go to yes. shows, it hits different. It just yeah. hits different now. Wow. And you've uh, you, you've been pretty busy. I've, I've seen over the last few months, you know, as we're starting to come to the edge of the end of, of this pandemic, how, how have the live shows been? 
I will say that earlier, like at the end of 2021, when I think everyone was still a little hesitant to see, you know, being fuller spaces and everything like that, it was very effective when you, you know, point to an audience to ask them to sing along and you see everybody put their mask on. It's like, no, this is really a pandemic still. Like, <laughs> like we're legit still in a pandemic. So that was touching for for many reasons. And I think it's 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 been really humbling and beautiful to see that even despite, you know, people maybe still having thoughts about many different things, there's so much going on yeah. in the world right now. God help us. Um, that people still are enjoying these times to kind of get away and mm. and get in touch with that creative within them and what allows them to enjoy the live music space. And so it's been encouraging to see audiences come back and people, you know, getting dressed to the nines to come hang out Damn with man. you. That's always fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. And, you know, even for me, I, um, I emceed my first live event of the year a few weeks ago and it okay. felt it felt so good putting the tux on and you know Yay. i put a brim on have my cufflinks so i'm looking in the mirror like boy <laughs> missed you because you know weekend and week day in and day out i'm i'm in a t-shirt and sweats here in my office doing voiceover work you know but i, I haven't really been anywhere so when i finally had that opportunity it felt so good Yes. I know it did. So and good. I know you killed it. I know oh, you I killed did. it. I did. It's, man, let me tell you. <laughs> nothing but God. Nothing but God. But sticking with the performance piece, you know, you've you've had the pleasure of performing on some big stages. You already said the Kennedy Center, but you know, uh Grammy Awards, uh NPR Tiny Desk, the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture, uh Essence Festival, Capital Jazz Super Cruise. Uh you've been internationally flown out, as they like to say. <laughs> Uh, what what are some of, of your favorite cities to perform in? You know what? I was actually in Atlanta last week, and mm -hmm. I remember in the middle of the show, I told myself, you're in Atlanta. Because <laughs> I feel like sometimes we forget like where exactly we are because things are sometimes moving so fast and so quickly. Right. Okay. And I think I've just been trying to make such a more intentional mind, just being more mindful with mindfulness and like all of my emotional and mental work that I've been doing lately and spiritual work. Mm. I just think it's so important for us to really feel and be present yes. in each moment yes. because especially as artists, we get these gigs and we'll do it. And then at the end of the week, we'll be like, dang, we really just did this gig. Like that was a, a huge situation that we kind of just blew straight through. And I've been very just profoundly looking back. I, I'll never forget the Grammy performance because it was the day that, that Kobe passed. And we were performing in Staples Center Right. And, you know, his jerseys had been illuminated for the entirety of the taping. And so from the stage, that's all you see. And it was chills, you know, just just the whole time. And it 
it really was just a reality check. Like you are, this is a blessing to have this life while we have it. Right. Live it, be intentional, put your best foot forward and, and do it. So I don't know that I have one favorite city because there's been so much that I've learned, that I've grown from uh, in each situation that it's all kind of contributed to what to what's going on now. I get that. I get that. Tell me about uh, a few years ago, you all went on a, a government-sponsored trip, if you will. Yes. Talk about that. So we were fortunate to be selected as cultural ambassadors with the you uh, well with the state department's america music abroad program and um it was something that i think never in my life had i dreamt about mm. just being able to tour these countries and to tour through the middle east i think for me was very profound because there were so many different things that i just was not hip to just mm-hmm. just culturally, it's very different. Right. And and I remember some of the embassy personnel saying, you know, we selected you because you are a black woman wow. that happens to be the band leader of a group of men, of male musicians. Wow. And this is a very powerful image right. for our citizens to see. Right, that's this- something they've probably never seen. Exactly, exactly. When I'm just sitting thinking about it, like these are my brothers, like you know we're we're playing and you know we're just here, but it so it just was very impactful. You know the, everybody was very mindful about what I was wearing, like you know how long is your dress, how long are your sleeves, you know very aware of like how I'm gonna present on stage in in their spaces, and everybody was just so accommodating, just super. They were grateful that we were there. We were grateful to be there. It was very, very um, just encouraging and inspiring to be able to collaborate with their local musicians. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot tell you how many times I heard, but that's not how Sarah Vaughn sings it. That's not how Ella sings it. And, and so to explain the concept of contemporary jazz to people that have studied straight ahead and you know have an idea of what jazz is supposed to be um that was very interesting and and unique as well so it it we because we went from the middle east went to eastern europe we we've been to haiti a couple of times we did some work with with japan every like different place has a very different cultural vibe to it and it's been it's been beautiful to see well, it's great that you all been getting all these stamps on the passport. <laughs> the stamp. Stamps are good. I, I like getting stamps on my passport, too. But, you know, also <laughs> the fact that you're able to experience or play this music for these people in these other countries, other worlds, if you will. But you also get to witness the power of music mm-hmm. and it being a universal language, right? No right. matter what language barrier that you and I have or you and who else has, right. you can communicate through music. Music has a way of saying what you and I cannot say. Absolutely. And and that was very, that was super powerful because of course we had translators when we would perform 
if I were to stop and talk and, you know, want to engage the audience and they needed to kind of translate it for, for that language. But when I played songs, people knew what it was. It was, you know, I even threw in a little bit of Mario, Let Me Love You, just to uh, you know, nod a little bit of Maryland in there. Right, I was like, I'm right. going to throw, throw a little bit of the U.S. in there. And even in Eastern Europe, they would say it in their languages, and then and then they would say, "You also play Mario." <laughs> Let me love uh, you. I said, "Okay, <laughs> you know it, you know it." So that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That's a beautiful thing, man. So you have some some pretty um, incredible recordings of your own out there. Still you green, know. green room, which had a huge debut for you, number twenty two on Billboard, and uh, I think it was like number seven on iTunes or something yeah. like that. Reinvision, mm -hmm. um, uh, a couple of singles as well. Is is there new music in the works? There is new music in the works. I am singing on the new music i okay. am playing on the new music it it has it is a vibe uh, it is it is very That's all your music is oh well thank you i i just feel so strongly that even instrumental music has a story mm -hmm. and that was really the goal of even just the last ep those four tunes on re-envision were supposed to be part of a larger project mm -hmm. that was literally shut down in the pandemic Oh, wow. We were six songs in, and that was the first half of the story with those four songs. Mm -hmm. There were another, you know, six or so that, that were going to complete the story. So I, I, I'm considering just releasing, re-releasing them all as the full project. But yeah. it was it was something about making sure I felt like the music could still keep going. Mm -hmm even in the midst of the pandemic. So releasing a project in a quarantine was rough, uh, but I did it anyway, much yeah. to, you know, I, that was not the advice of many, but I went ahead and did it and I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I did. It was nice to get it out there and grateful for anyone that listens. You know, I just, yeah. I, we pour so much into those records that when you see people streaming your music or sharing it, it really means a lot. So what's your target date for this new EP and or full album? I actually just did, I just got some studio time for this weekend because I've decided to, re, to recut some vocals on our next single. Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna release a single early this summer. Okay. Um, I'm I'm going for that, and then maybe the rest of the full project will be released before the end of the year. Nice. Now, speaking of you on vocals, because you are quite the vocalist. Who was that? <laughs> who was that vocalist that Chelsea Green was listening to growing up, where she pulled out her brush and was in the mirror <laughs> trying to keep up and and do her own interpretation of their music? Who was that vocalist for you? You know, I have to credit my mom. I got really? bullied in elementary school. I got bullied so badly in elementary school for having a deeper voice than everybody else. It was, it was, you got a deep voice, you know, oh you're God. a boy. Like it was, it was just all the teasing, all of it. And I don't care now, cause I'll pull up to a drive-through and they'll be like, okay, sir. I'm like, thank you. And then I'll pull up to the, <laughs> I'll pull up to the thing and they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's cool. But it's, it's, it's whatever. Like, it's, it's my voice. It's cool. Um, so 
I, my mother, to help me feel better after school, would play different, different low tone vocalists every day mm. I got in the car. Okay. And she, she, before I could even say anything, she would turn on the song that I could sing along to. It would be Anita Baker. It would be nice. Leontine Price. It would be mm. um, Mahalia Jackson. It would be Tony yeah. Braxton. You know, okay. she would just run the gamut of um, Jesse Norman, just powerful, wow. low tone vocalists that I could always say, I'm not alone in having you know a unique toned voice right. and so that was literally my driving impetus because i'm not one of these vocalists you know jasmine will run you she runs the track up and down that girl i mean my goodness she make you pick up your feelings <laughs> she make you find ones you didn't even know you had you be oh, like wait i didn't even yeah. i didn't even so, you know, I'm not a super like runner and all that, but I just, I like tone and I like ambiance and I like like setting a vibe. Yeah. And I really think about my violin and viola being the exact same mm. as, as my voice. So I just feel like it's all one instrument that I'm glad is coming together on this project in just, just in that way. As it pertains to your voice, I, I love the fact that you're not a runner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You turn the radio on, everybody's running in places where they don't need to, where their house needs to be still, right? And so I love the simplicity okay. of your voice, of your tone, that you're not trying to, you know, go all over the damn place. No, less, less is more, right? Well, it can you. be. And um, yeah, you know, simplicity can be so beautiful. Right, because you allow everything around it to to unfold. But if you're running all over the place, then I'm missing the in, in, excuse me intricacies of everything else is going on. Right, because I'm so focused on or distracted by. Right. right? So so less is more, and I, I I really love that. So yeah, hats off to you for that. Yeah. So who's the artist out there that? Um, that you love or would love the opportunity to work with? Oh my goodness, so many. I mean, I would love to work with Eric Roberson. Eric oh, Eric, Eric Roberson and PJ Morton like, oh, are my like dream man. collabs soon. Two incredible songwriters. That is, that's exactly it. It's yeah. it's how the words are so musical and yes. the music is too. I think that is super impactful to me. I would it, it would be a dream to collaborate with Layla Hathaway oh, in yeah. some way, um, and uh, Anita. Like as long as Miss Baker is it's making, music, yeah. I would love to do something with her only just because of how much she inspired me growing up uh you know in in the game and then also there's a lot of instrumentalists that i would love to even just tour with and have a live experience with i think i think about people and how they tell stories on stage i think about like a jeff bradshaw and you know my my homies black violin i think we have two very different lanes of violin but uh, I think a collaboration would be a lot of fun. So there runs runs the gamut on on who uh, those would be. But 
I love the power of collaboration for sure. It's, it it is amazing, and I can see you. I'm, I visualize you with every single person you just said. <laughs> I saw a trio with with you, Anita, and Layla. But oh my I, gosh! I mean the the huskiness of of those voices. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pounding. I would, I would have the cans on, just enjoying all of it. But uh, you know, even with with Eric, I mean, Eric is is one of he is the songwriter of our generation, yeah. right? For those who don't know Eric Roberson, um, this brother is one of the best songwriters out there. I mean, he writes in the in the same vein of 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 Donny Hathaway or, or Marvin Gaye, you know, he, his songs are timeless. And uh, unfortunately, the world hasn't heard all of them yet, right? But he's slowly but surely getting out there even more, right? I'm, I've been down with Eric since his first album came out in 1994. That was the year I started in radio. And I used oh. to play the hell out of his single, The Moon. I, I still oh. have it on vinyl somewhere. But that's how far we go back. I finally, I had the pleasure of sharing the stage with Eric uh, two years ago on the Capital Jazz Super Cruise. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was hosting the late night jam session and I was one of the hosts of the cruise and I got up there and performed a poem, but Eric was on keys and then he was ad-libbing and I asked Najee to come out. It It was a very, hilarious magical moment on stage but i was like i I really want to work with this brother like beyond this and hopefully some point in time that'll happen too but you know pj morton you know grammy stellar all of that you know the brother just writes hits and and performs hits for both of them just so effortlessly like they'll just write something on instagram for a right. one minute post and it'll be like, no, that literally be a whole song. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I mean Eric even teaching songwriting, you know, that's that's how far his he's teaching other people how to do that Berkeley. I'm excited. Yeah. We're we're so excited to have him at Berkeley. And I mean the kids are too. Just it, yeah. it's, it's it's incredible. Yeah. So I, I could definitely see that collaboration coming soon between the two of you at least. But I there's there's know. another collaboration that I just envisioned as I was thinking about talking to you today. Okay. I would love to see you do something with the string queens. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love, for those who aren't familiar, the string queens, it's it's a trio of sisters who all are school teachers by day and, you know, performers, classical performers by night, but they even step outside of the classical realm. And so, you know, they're doing multiple genres of music, but all, all with the backbone, uh, backbone of you, of uh, classical. But I would, I would love to see that collaboration, you know, come yes, forth on I one of these them for so long. It, I, it has just been so incredible to see their journey and they're yeah. all such beautiful people and incredible musicians, you know, yes. and just such amazing teachers. The way that they connect with those students is is just beyond amazing. So yeah, that would be so much fun for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I'm gonna go ahead and put this out here for the umpteenth time. Let me take a drink first. Uh oh. Uh oh. I am still waiting on our interlude together. Ooh. 
it we have to do it. We it, it was supposed to be part of this project, and then everything shut down. So you know, if I can get on your schedule, because you're very busy. Um, you know, have your people call my people. Oh, okay. To work it out. Work it. You know They'll what I'm saying? It. Even if we have to do it remotely, you know, it it can happen. It's Possible, but it no, is. but I, I want to be in studio with you because to be able to feed off your energy and see you live, you know, and let's let's talk about that for a minute, too, because there are so many projects that have been produced during the pandemic yeah. that have been done remotely. Right. Remote is kind of like the new thing. I'm going to go ahead, put this baseline down. I'm going to send it to you or I'm going to send you this halfway complete song. You yeah. put some words to it. But. It sounds good, right? But what is missing, for me at least, is that connection. That connection that can only take place with you being live in the studio with that person, making eye contact, right. seeing their movement, seeing their physical, the physicality, right? That physicality has a way of, of moving you emotionally one way or the other. And so there are a lot of projects out there that are good, but they're missing that one element, right? Of, of being in person and seeing that person and responding to uh, what it is that they're seeing and or, or hearing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you can definitely feel it. You can definitely like feel when the musicians are kind of in the same space and working together. And I think it was just so funny when everything shut down for the pandemic, a lot of producers were like, uh this is what i do every day anyway so right, right. this is this is my same life you know you said to be files and this and that so there there are differences but i do think it's beautiful when we can feel and hear that in-person collaboration yeah so all right so we're gonna work this out in 2022 okay. yes in 2022 you yes. and i are doing an interlude together and okay. it's, it's going to be it's going to be incredible, number one, but it's, it's going to be sexy. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be erotic. It's going to be exotic. Everything is going to all, be a whole All those things. It's mm -hmm. going to be like exotic fruit. It's going to be papaya. It's going okay. to be mango. Yeah, it's, it's going to be all of that. Okay. Look, let me get my Benadryl ready because I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Not the Benadryl. Not the Benadryl. All right, so check this out. I was I was a little pissed off. Uh oh. I was scrolling the internet. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what I typed in. I typed in female violinist. Yes. And immediately a bunch of pictures came up, and you could scroll those pictures. And I was pissed off because your picture did not show up. Okay. Number one, right? First strike. And out of the 30 or 40 that showed up, there were only two women of color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Karen Briggs and uh, and the young sister, uh, Izima. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You weren't there, not even Regina Carter. I'm, I'm like, wow. Wow. so I need to figure out who I need to protest to. <laughs> Um, you to google. At google you know because it, it made no sense that you know this long list of people comes up all these pictures but women of color you know nowhere to be found and here we are in women's history month yes yes indeed and uh you are a part of of history of, of musical history as it pertains 
uh, to the violin and, and viola and classical and beyond. And your story needs to be shared as do others, you know. Um, so yeah, so I, I have to figure out what it is I need to do personally to make sure uh, that you are represented in that Google search because you belong there, you've earned that right. And uh, like so many others that just are not being represented right now. And I don't know if you feel one way or the other about that, but I do. Uh, I, that is so kind of you to say, that is so thoughtful. I, I have always said that, you know, even if you type my name in, and misspell it. Just if if you pronounce if you spell it just the other way that people spell Chelsea C H E L S E A, and you type Green, that is a WWE wrestler. <laughs> and so you you will see her photo. And I even to this day I'll have people say, I just searched for you and I didn't see you anywhere on the internet. And I'm thinking, you know, how much how many have I missed in, you know, trying to connect with them because my name is spelled with a Y instead of an A. Um, and, you know, or my last name is green like the color and not green with the E on the end. And right. Google is, all the search engines, honestly, are a bit unforgiving with uh, that unless you are very wide, widely known. So yeah. it's, it is a challenge. And I am just trying to stay encouraged to think one day it will it will go ahead and happen. And I think honestly, if I probably tweaked a bit of my website, I could appear on that on that you, search. You got to have the right SEO, the right <laughs> I SEO. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. I guess we all could do a better job with that. But <laughs> yeah, the, the masses need to be informed. I appreciate that. So tell me about uh, a couple of weeks ago, you were, there was video of you okay. looking fabulous per usual, performing with, I believe it was the Air Force yes. band or yes. Air Force Orchestra, which, which was it? It was the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force concert band. Okay. We were going to perform a live concert uh, for audiences where the Air Force Band was going to accompany the Green Project with some of our original tunes as well wow. as some arrangements. And we had a whole program planned and then Omicron came and canceled, canceled it all. So <laughs> we ended up filming about half of what was going to be on the live program. And the first release was this arrangement of Lift Every Voice and Sing yes. that I'm so grateful they released uh, for Black History Month. And it was just a really powerful experience to be playing that, you know, Negro spiritual, that hymn, that anthem for our people, our ancestors, and be able to play it with me on violin playing with the concert band Wind Ensemble. That was really, really cool. So I'm excited to share the rest of the recordings because we really had a lot of fun recording with them. So, okay, so two things. Number one, I love the arrangement. As I'm listening to the arrangement, I'm like, this, it's almost like you're playing a portion of it on top of another portion of it. Um, but then it also felt like something else. And I know that's a terrible way of explaining it, but. I get that. That's, that's what would hit me and I was like oh this is totally out of the box it's not you know the typical lift every voice and sing and uh, I, 
I credit you for that because you've always found a way to be outside of the box and to move the music forward. And a part of moving the music forward is not simply performing it in a way that everyone else has over the years, you know? Um, so yeah, so hats off to you on that. Tell us about the arrangement. The arrangement was based off of an arrangement that my father wrote when wow. we played Lift Every Voice and Sing as the Green Project with the Prince George's uh, Philharmonic Orchestra. Nice. And the Air Force Band arranger, Tad Russell, it just incredible. He, he used that arrangement and kind of rearranged it for the ensemble that we had for that video. And, and, and for me, it was like to be able to be the only string voice among these wind instruments accompanied yeah. by piano and like some light percussion, I felt like it really was singing. Like it felt like it was a vocal moment with with these other instruments. So it was really, really a unique timbre that was interesting to explore. Nice, and what a great way to pay homage to your father as well with this. And you know, that that is what it was about for me. It, it was about the fact that our ancestors include our parents, our grandparents, those that physically said, no, this is the path for that, that I will lay before you. Not saying that you have to take it, but you know, we've worked to open these opportunities for you. And I'm just so grateful. Yeah. You know, so, so grateful. So those, those musical moments certainly mean that to me as well. And do you know exactly when the remainder of the project will be available? I do not. Okay. They've been they've been doing so many recordings with guest artists lately nice. that I don't know how they're going to uh, get them all out. I know they just did one with Wycliffe Gordon wow. and like it, with the uh, Airmen of Note with their jazz mm -hmm. ensemble. So it's just so many different versions of them. I'm sure I'll be just as surprised when they hit YouTube as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know the Airmen of Note, they put out an album just about every year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was programming radio stations, we would play them on Labor Day. And oh, okay. uh, it was, you know, it would be a full one hour, two hour wow. length concerts. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll get that soon because I think everyone needs to hear uh, what you did with them because it was, it was so pleasing to the air. Thank you. Yes. So as as we think about the next generation, Chelsea, I want you to talk to talk to the young musicians out there and or the parents who have young ones, you know, four or five. You were what, five years old, four years old when you started playing. Right. Right. But, you know, talk to them right now about this instrument, about this opportunity and about an opportunity to cultivate a gift that the world needs. That is very profound here. You have me on, on the spot here. I, I think about quality of life. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I have seen as you see the elders in your family pass away mm -hmm. and you think about the moments of their life but right before they pass, the memories that they speak about are always creatively involved. They were, you know, figuring out how to raise children, mm -hmm. going to, you know, church and having these musical moments that they remember, or going to 
certain concerts. I remember when my great grandmother uh, was in the rehabilitation center, my dad would bring his iPad and have, play a playlist and she would say, let me hear that song. As soon as the song came on, it was a trigger for her. Right. That was, you know, a, a memory of her youth, her childhood, and she shared stories of that. And what I just want parents to consider is just how enriching mm. arts can be to their child's life. And when you're introducing an instrument, you're, intru you're, you're introducing possibility. Because yeah. the student or, or the, the, the kid is only going to see the instrument in a box if you expose it to them in that way. You know, it, it really is about language and about exposure. Mm. So I I always say, I always ask my students, like, what are they listening to? What are, what are you all listening to? Well, I mean, that doesn't really matter because I'm still practicing your, I said, no, no, it does matter. It does matter because that's what's in your subconscious. Mm. That, that's what's in your heart. That's what's going to be cooking in you as you try to be independently creative of what you're a part of here. It's not about school. It's not about, um, you know, how many followers or this or that. It's about what type of life experience are you connecting to what you're doing? And I know many people that are not musicians, but architects, nurses, doctors, you know, mothers, just anything that speak about how powerful learning music was for them, mm. you know, and, and just how it created a new focus, a new way to focus, a new way to think of ideas, a new way to innovate. So I would just encourage everyone, even if you're up in age considering learning an instrument, do it. <laughs> like, do never it. too late. It's, it's never too late. And it's, it's definitely about connecting emotionally to a discipline that's going to push you if if you let it and and, and that can be a beautiful thing wow there it is from her mouth to your ears <laughs> you 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 mentioned something that you ask your students which is what are you listening to so mm -hmm. here's my opportunity to ask you what is chelsea oh green who are you listening to i recently have been binging on a bit of bj the chicago kid <sighs> I just, I just, you know, it's something about the vibe and the funk. Is 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 the new is the new day is the new day Marvin Gaye. I, I just I just love it, and um, it's just the vibe. You know, I groove. I take my violin out. I groove to it. Nice. Um, but also, I have my ensemble this semester is doing a Robert Glasper tribute. Oh. So we've been doing a lot of his catalog, like old, old, older tunes, some newer mm -hmm. tunes. And it's been really, really interesting to see these young people grow off of how his catalogs have evolved over the years. So yeah. those, those two are, have kind of been what I've been diving into most recently. Okay, very nice. All right, so here we are, uh, first quarter 2022, almost through it. Um, slowly yeah. getting to the edge of this pandemic. What can we look yeah. forward to from Chelsea Green for the remainder of this year? Just this year. Just this year. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to some more music coming. Mm -hmm. 
getting back into these live performance streets, excited yes. about it, and just to keep growing, to keep growing and keep going in, in all the ways that, that we can. So I'm excited to be doing some keynote speaking engagements coming up, which nice. is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm looking okay. forward to those too. And um, uh, we have like a couple of workshops that we're in residencies that we're working with. So it's going to be some exciting projects soon. Most definitely. We'll put your social media out there so that folks can keep in contact with you. Okay, absolutely. Please join us on Facebook. Uh, it's Chelsea Green and the Green Project. That's Chelsea with a Y, C-H-E-L-S-E-Y, green like the color, and the Green Project. I'm on Instagram, at Green Violinist, and on Twitter as well, at Green Violinist. And our group Twitter is Green Project TGP. There it is. That is going to do it for this edition of Cool Jazz Conversations, Dr. Chelsea Green, thank you so much, my dear, for joining us today. It has always been a pleasure to chop it up with you, and I look forward to seeing you very, 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 very soon. <laughs> so grateful for the opportunity to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Cool Jazz Conversations is a production of TVM Productions and is broadcast on its home of WSSB 90.3 FM at South Carolina State University. You can podcast this program on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Alexa, Amazon, Player FM, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere. Or you can download it at your convenience at www.cooljazzconversations.podbean.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cool Jazz Conversations. Keep doing what you're doing. My name is Marcella Shapard, the bass man, and I'll see you next time right here on Cool Jazz Conversations. Peace.